Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Today I'm here with a new friend, Janet Sandberg. Janet lives in Canada. She's married to an American. She's lived in the United States, in Germany, in Indonesia, and in China. She's had kids in two different countries, and she's here to help us understand a little bit what it's like to have an international family. Janet, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. I am so excited to get to hear what took you all around the world. So let's dive right in. What made you decide to travel? <laughs> um, I think I think a lot of it had to do with hearing my dad's stories. He was um, in the Air Force and he was stationed in Germany for three years in the 60s. And he just had so many stories. Sure. And he had this little container, I think it was actually like a tobacco tin um, that had money from all the different countries. And mm -hmm. as a kid, I would like pour it out on the floor and I would look at all the money. And I just, I think that's kind of what started it. Mm -hmm. um, and I got my first opportunity to live abroad um, right after I graduated from university um, to go to Germany of all oh, places cool. and be a nanny. Yeah and made friends from all over the world from all different countries because all the foreigners tend to congregate and hang out together mm -hmm. um and that's where i met my ex-husband who okay. i then proceeded to travel the world with more extensively yeah and so where did you go after germany um so after germany i came back to canada and then i went back to germany okay um I think I actually did that twice, then came back to Canada again, and then <laughs> went back to Germany. Um, and then we went to Indonesia. Okay. So we actually went to China before we got married. Okay. Yes. So I guess China was the first place other than Canada and Germany that I lived. Sure. Sure. So yeah, we were in Germany, or sorry, we were in China for three months. Oh, wow. Okay. And then uh, after we got married, then we moved to Indonesia and we were there for three years. Okay. Did you like just pick a fun place on the map or was there like legitimate reason to be headed to those countries? Uh, legit reasons. So my ex-husband worked for a big multinational corporation. Um, okay. So he just looked for job openings in different sure. countries. Cool. And then went where it. there was a job opening. <laughs> Perfect. And so you had kids, your kids were born, you said, in Indonesia and Germany. Correct. Can you help us like contrast those experiences a little bit, giving birth in two different countries? Yeah, it was uh, it was very very different. <laughs> um, a lot of friends who were having babies in Indonesia, they would really only let you stay there and give birth if you were if it was a, a complication free pregnancy. Like if you had any issues at all, they would be like, you should go to Singapore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my um, OBGYN was trained in England. Um, so he had better schooling, <laughs> and um, which is why he worked with, with the foreigners and everything. So like I, I felt I was under great care. And like I said, they were very forward about their own healthcare system and were like, we should, we think you should, or, or a lot of people chose to go home also for, um, identity purposes. Sure. Mm -hmm. Some countries wouldn't recognize nationalities if you were born abroad. So there was, there was a lot of things to consider. 
mm-hmm. um, we were able to just stay there. We're like, this is where we live. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. Um, and honestly, I was ill prepared for mm-hmm. having okay. a baby. <laughs> Which was kind of annoying because I had friends who had had babies there and they didn't warn me oh, about a sure. lot of okay. things. My Indonesian wasn't great. I could speak enough to get by, but you know, when, when things are crazy and you're in the delivery room and everybody's talking a mile a minute and there's 12 different people talking at the same time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we did, um, prenatal classes in Indonesians. There were a lot of words we didn't know. Yeah. And it, it was crazy. There's a lot of things that they, that they do. Um, so for example, one of the things that they are known for that nobody told me about, um, was that sometimes the nurses will help you push Okay. So they will come and like up at the top of your belly. Yeah. And from the outside, they will push, try to push the baby. Is that effective? No, no, (laughs) no, it's not. Uh, I was bruised so badly. (laughs) And afterwards, my friend goes, oh, did they help you push? And I'm like, you knew about this? (laughs) You warned me. So, um, yeah. On the bright side, there was no worries about, you know, getting the wrong baby at the hospital because we had a ginormous, bald, white baby. (laughs) And all of the local babies, you know, had this mop of dark, dark hair and were probably half the size of my guy. (laughs) Like, we know which one's mine. I I know that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Interesting. I had never... First of all, I'd never heard of external attempts at pushing, mm-hmm. um, but I had never really thought about that. I mean, I speak other languages too, but you're right. It's not like a native speaker. And there are so many words I don't know, especially as I even think about birthing, like I would have no idea where to even start with words like that. Yeah. Yeah. What so was the, yeah, go ahead. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah, um, I bet. But, um, you know, Indonesians love children. Mm. So once once we had the baby, you know, yeah. everywhere we went, you know, people were just loving on him. And, mm. um, you know, we could go out for dinner and the wait staff would just take him off and play in a corner. And you know, <laughs> it was a, it was a, a neat experience in that sense. Like yeah. they just love children so much there. And that was a really nice mm-hmm. thing to experience. Oh, for sure. That was a new experience for me over the last summer. I had the opportunity to go to Uganda. And one of the people on my team brought her eight-week-old baby with us. Um, She said she wouldn't recommend doing that again. But um, (laughs) it worked out fine. And you're right. Like, the locals will just, like, pick up your baby and walk around. Or, like, if you need a a babysitter, for lack of a better term, for Mm -hmm. a couple of hours. Like, she was teaching trainings. And somebody's just out in the hall with the baby. And it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, Which is very different than my experience in the U.S. Yes. (laughs) And very different from my experience in Germany. Yes. What was the yeah. Germany experience like? Um, yeah, very much less chaos. Also, my German is sort of fluent. Okay. So language-wise was a lot easier. Sure. Um, but just, you know, they're very, um, they like to plan things and everything is very structured. So like, you know, going in, like this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. If this doesn't happen, then this will happen. And mm-hmm. um, but they're also much less, um, at least in the in the part of the country where I live, they're not really like warm and fuzzy people. 
Um, so, um, yeah, so we, we, <laughs> I remember when we first went in, she said, well, how long? So both of my births were induced. So, okay. um, yeah. they're very long. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, how long was the first one? And I told her and she's like, well, it won't be that long here. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, you can control that. Cool. <laughs> External pushing didn't help. So what else, what other tricks you got? <laughs> you know, and then, um, yeah, it was just like, it was a very different experience. It was very efficient sure. as, as you would expect it to be. Yeah. Uh, my family heritage is very German. So all of that is resonating deeply. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Germans are not particularly child friendly. So it was a very big adjustment for me to then have, have two little ones sure. and living in a country where, you know, we, we'd get on the, the streetcar and the other people would just yell at me because my kid's feet were on the seat. I'm like, he's crawling up into the seat to sit down. Like, how do we not, how does he do that without putting his shoe on the seat? You know, like sure. he's two. Right. He's not um, big enough to just sit down. Yeah. And people would tend to, people, you know, strangers would just come up to me and like critique my parenting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and there wasn't, there was like, there's no help, you know, it's sure. not like, like you said, in Uganda or, or in yeah. Indonesia, where people just love babies and they're like, oh, right. like, let me go play with your baby. Right. You know, that that didn't happen. So I it, I felt that lack of community. Sure. Like a lot um, yeah. living there. I sure. felt very much alone. Yeah. What so. other differences have you noticed in the different places you've lived culturally? Um, well, also just baby wise and parenting wise. Mm -hmm between Indonesia and Germany, like the amount of things mm -hmm. that you can purchase, you know, for oh, your sure. baby in Indonesia, there, you know, you, you have nothing, you have like a changing pad that goes on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then, and then coming back to North America was like a, a whole nother level of reverse you culture know, shock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All these things that are available. I'm like, but you don't need any of them because right. I, you know, some of them, yes, do make your life easier. Sure. A lot of them are just unnecessary. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I had my kid in a third world country. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't need it. You figure it out. Mm -hmm. You figure it out. Exactly. So yeah, there's just there's so many differences on so many levels, just all the time. Um, and, you know, the more you travel, the more you just want to like create your own little utopia. For real. <laughs> picking all the good things from all, yes. all the cultures you've lived in and, and yeah. wanting to, which I've kind of done in my own life. You know, we, we do this thing because that's how they do it in this place. And we do this thing because that's how they do it in that place. Sure. And we, we have sort of created our own little way of doing things. And I think, um, you know, the way, the way we exist in my home is, is a little bit like that. That's a cool way to do it, to pull the best from all over the world, because there are different parts of the world that have things that are way cooler than, than the way we do things here, the way that they've been done historically. So it's a good chance to learn and to incorporate that into your own life. Yeah. What made you choose to raise kids abroad? Uh, we were living abroad, and <laughs> we had children. Um Perfect. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of thinking or planning. It, it, 
It I wasn't like an that. intentional choice of I want my kids to grow up in a different culture or something like that. No, no. Okay. We were living abroad and we were like, you know, is that's just the time of our lives. Where we're like, is. we want to have a family. So yeah. this is where we happen to be living right now. So this is what's going to happen. Sure. That's um, a cool way to do it. Yeah. And we actually moved from Indonesia back to Germany uh, about six weeks before I had my daughter. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, like not much thinking or planning yeah. involved, <laughs> just kind of, you just did stuff and right. it all worked out. And that's where it is. Yeah. And then of course I got to Germany and they were all like, well, do you have a midwife booked? And you have all of these things. And I'm like, no, man, like, do we have, do we have a place to ago. live? Like, right. no. <laughs> right. As long as they're not externally pushing, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> um, what are some things you've learned? from traveling and living abroad with with small children just to relax um so many parents are so high strung and they want everything to happen a certain way mm. and they want their kids to do things a certain way they want um you know their kids to have certain jobs when they grow up or they want them to go to certain schools and I think the biggest thing that I learned was just to let my kids be the people that they are mm -hmm. um and allowed them to make their own decisions like obviously guide them um mine they're both grown now so you know you you guide them and you give them support but they're they're their own people and um, they've also obviously traveled a lot growing up. And it was really interesting to see how their perspective on the world is very different mm -hmm. from kids their own age who have never traveled or, you know, have only gone to Florida sure. or, um, <laughs> you know, or never left the country. Yeah. You know, they've done a little bit within the country but never gone anywhere else mm -hmm. and uh my kids would get very frustrated with with these small-minded people mm -hmm. and they're like but even though my kids don't even necessarily remember the trips that they went on when they were little or the other countries they lived in sure. um, it still affected them you know it still helped them become who they are and just more open and creative and accepting sure. of other people and other ways of doing things. I think that's probably the biggest mm. is that, you know, you go to a different country and you see somebody doing something and you're like, well, that's not the way we do it. It must be wrong. Well, no, but they all do it that way. They think the way we do it is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so you're just like, oh, it's just a different way of doing things. Sure. So I think that that's the biggest gift of traveling. Oh, I bet. I mean, I've experienced that too. Like I've traveled not quite as much as you have, but it's still I've traveled a fair amount and you do see different things. And when your first reaction is to say that's wrong, you're shutting down the conversation to be able to learn from someone else, even if you're just learning by watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like with, with the big, going back to the babies, mm -hmm. um, in Indonesia, they feed their babies bananas, like from okay. very, very early on. Yeah. And, you know, we're all horrified because you're not supposed to give your baby solids until whatever they're six months old or the mm -hmm. number changes all the time. But, you know, whoa, but 
they're fine. That's, that's what works for them and, and their culture because they have bananas. They just pick from the trees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they have. Yeah. Um, and like I said, also because they're born with all of this hair, they have a ritual that at 30 days old, they shave off the baby's hair oh, so that it will come back in thicker and fuller. And I'm like, okay. my child has no hair. Um, like, we obviously don't have this ritual because at 30 days old, there is no hair. There's like, nothing to shave yet. There's nothing to shave off. Um, so it's just, it's just eye-opening to, yeah. to see. And it's like, it's not, it's not wrong. And I'm thinking like thicker and fuller, like they already have a thick, full hair. Right. Like, but you know, it's just for them, it's still baby hair. Sure. So it's just, yeah, there's just always surprises and 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 learning experiences mm -hmm. that's one of the beauties of traveling is the mm -hmm. surprises and the learning experiences and getting to see different things yeah they're not always good learning experiences you are right <laughs> the dysentery is never a good learning experience no 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 <laughs> with your kids being born in indonesia and germany were they born citizens of those countries or how does that process work no so their father is from belgium Okay. I'm from Canada. So all four of us were born in different countries. Yeah. Um, the way that citizenship worked when my kids were born, they were automatically Belgian and Canadian citizens. Both countries allowed dual citizenship. Both countries allowed citizenship to parents automatically, even if they were born abroad. Okay. In the meantime, Canada has changed its rules. So that wouldn't work now. Okay. Um, but they were not citizens of the countries they were born in. Okay. So in Indonesia, you have to have an Indonesian father to oh. be Indonesian. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So we had friends, you know, dads from England and moms from Indonesia. The kids were English. Interesting. They were, born, they were born, raised in Indonesia, in Indonesia lived there their yep. whole lives, um, had to fight for Indonesian citizenship. I don't know whatever happened with that. Sure. But yeah, like that's, that's their rule. In Germany, you have to be born to German parents, Okay. Um, even if you're born in Germany. And, and getting German citizenship is quite challenging. Okay. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really that matter. didn't happen either. Yeah. And so you said Canada has since changed their rules. So if your children were born now, would they have just been born Belgian citizens? Yes. Okay. In that sense, yeah. Now you have to come back and be born in Canada. So I had other friends who were living, I think they were living in Africa, in Kenya at the time. Okay. Um, and she had to fly back. And of course, you have to fly back like six weeks before the baby's born. Right. Um, and camp, camp out in, in Canada for several months. Mm -hmm. um, hope that hubby arrives in time for the baby, like right. to time that well. Right. Um, but yeah, you have to be born in Canada to be a Canadian okay. citizen. Interesting. Yeah. So as you've traveled and as you've lived in other countries, what advice do you have about getting to know the local culture where you are? Learn the language. Um, that is super, super helpful. It also really um, gains you respect okay. um, from the locals, especially... Like less, less so in like Europe because everybody just automatically speaks English. Um, but if it's a country where people don't speak English, they don't want to practice their English all the time. Um, like in Asia, 
or South America, you know, just respect the people and learn their language as much as you can, even if it's just please and thank you or mm -hmm. a few words here and there. Um, I had friends that had lived in Indonesia for 10 years and didn't speak the language. I'd lived there for a year and I was translating for them. Wow. Um, and I'm like, how? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't understand that sort of mentality. And then those people were also the ones who were always afraid of being mugged or being robbed or, and I'm like, yeah, but mm -hmm. if you speak the language and you make friends with your neighbors, then they'll look out for you. Right. And, and you won't have to worry about it. It's just that, that removal and that disrespect from I'm in their country, but I'm just using them, you know, kind of right. a thing. That's how the locals see it. Sure. Um, so yeah, just, just try to learn a few words. It depends how long you're there for. Of course. Of course. Um, but before you go, even if you're just there for a week on vacation, like mm -hmm. just learn a few basic words and, and talk to the locals, make friends with them, like have a chat on the bus or, mm -hmm. you know, Get they're just people. people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine living someplace long-term without at least attempting to learn language. And maybe that's judgmental of me to say, but like. I speak Spanish, and so I've spent significant time in Latin America. That's all fine to me. I went to China for three weeks, and I did take, like, a Chinese class crash course before I went. I was there to teach English, so me not knowing Chinese was beneficial in that respect. But, like, there were so many times I'm trying to speak Spanish with the Chinese people, and that's not working. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, if I was here more than three weeks, I would, like, seriously invest in this because I'm sick of being frustrated that I can't communicate with anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah so of the like what did you say 25 places that you've been to 25 different countries what are some of your highlights oh I absolutely love England and Scotland mm. um which I think honestly is because that's my heritage sure. um like you got to go back several generations to get there but um you know, I had my DNA done and I'm like 97% British, wow. like English, Irish, Scottish. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just being there just feels good, you know, in my sure. bones. Um, just beautiful. I love, I love a lot about Asia and Southeast Asia. Mm. Um, I've been to Japan, China, Indonesia. Um, sadly, not yet the Southeast Asian peninsula, but sure. someday I'll get there. Um, I just, I think it's gorgeous. All of, you know, their, their art, their culture, uh, dancing, like it's, it's just so rich, like all the colors and the, yeah. the shapes and yeah, I just love that. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so many, so many good places. I also really love Prague. Hmm. Okay. Like favorite European city for sure. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and they're like, I want to travel. I have this family with small children. I thought those two didn't work together. How do I make this work? What advice do you have? Oh, just do it. Like <laughs> there's no reason. And we, we had so many people who would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like you're so brave. And I'm like, but no, like mm -hmm. it's, it's good for your children to see other things, experience different things, yeah. try other foods. We have a super picky eater. Like my son only eats about five things. We still traveled with him. Yeah. 
um, you just make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are fine on long flights. You know, they, well, they get used to it. But if you start them when they're little, it's a lot easier as they get bigger. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, they may not remember it consciously when they get mm-hmm. older. And I hear that a lot. Well, they're not going to remember it anyways. No, but it will be an experience for them. They will learn from it. They will, it'll be in there somewhere, even if they can't. Yeah. It'll um, still shape them somehow. Yeah. Like there's, I, I loved traveling when my kids were little and it makes you do different things too, because you want to keep them happy. So you're seeing the places you're traveling to differently as well. Mm-hmm. And, and having experiences that you wouldn't, if you were just with a bunch of adults. Yeah. That's so valid. We experienced that in Uganda. And then I've talked to other friends who have taken trips with their small children as well. And you think differently as you should, um, but you're not <laughs> missing things realistically. No. Your experiences are different, but they're not less than or anything like that. Exactly. Um, you said that Europe or um, the UK is one of your favorites. I'm going to England for the first time um, this fall. I'm going to have 24 hours in London on a stopover. Do you have any recommendations of things that I must do? Oh, gosh. Um, there's so much to do just oh, yeah. in in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and London is huge. Mm-hmm. So bear that in mind. Okay. <laughs> Um, but just the usual things like Buckingham Palace, Trafalgar Square, the bridge, um, uh, you know, the tower, sure. um, like all of those things are definitely worth okay. worth doing. Are they? Good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought so. I've I've okay. been there several times. Sure. Um, you know, if you're a Harry Potter fan, of course, you know, go see Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Yes. There's always a mass of people there, so it's not going to look like, know. you know. Okay. It's just you and the sign. Um, <laughs> there will know. be a lot of people there. Um, we went out to, uh, there's a Doctor Who museum. Okay. That's, it's like way out in Reading. Like it's okay. it's an hour on the underground. Like it's far, yeah. but it was really cool. Um, but again, I was traveling with my kids. So mm-hmm. that's where we went. Right. Um, I wouldn't have done that by myself, but. I went and I was yeah. really glad that we did that. Yeah. So that's all yeah. great ideas. Um, yeah. And definitely list. stop yeah. in at a pub somewhere. Okay. And, okay. Like, just yeah. great. A lot of people don't like English food. I love English food. I think it's great. So like any sort of pub food is, is, is yummy, <laughs> is yummy. So um, I have heard to get your food takeout because it's taxed differently and it's less expensive that way. And then you get to see more of the time, more of the, places because I've only got a limited time but I don't know I'll have to see how I'm feeling that day huh I've never heard that but yeah I don't know I don't know if it's real I just learned it from the internet (laughs) (laughs) it probably is I mean it wouldn't surprise me yeah yeah um I know like doing the rest of the UK will be a future bucket list trip I was like I can't do it all but I've got 24 hours to make a layover somewhere in Europe and London seems like a good 24 hour spot so excited to go at least start some of those things yeah yeah definitely It'll be fun. Hopefully cool. Thank you. it won't rain. Hopefully. I'll bring an umbrella. It's the fall in London, so bring right. an umbrella. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for your advice. That's super helpful. What no is problem. something that you've learned recently? In general? Sure. Or or travel yeah. related? It's it's one of our podcast questions that we like to ask everybody um, just to hear hear what they're learning and what they're working on because the goal is always to learn new things, right? Yeah. 
I feel like I'm learning stuff every day. Right? I feel like I learned something really cool like yesterday and now I can't think of what it was. Bummer. Yeah. That is disappointing. I'm going to I'm going to have to start like keeping a journal of like things I learned today. Right? Cuz that's <laughs> my goal too, learn something new every day, but then you get to the end of the day and you're like, "Oh, I don't know." But then like 2 weeks later you're like, "Oh yeah, I just learned this." Yeah. Yeah. Um my son is very good at sort of what everyone teases him like meaningless trivia. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much from him. Oh yeah. About things that don't really mean anything. No, but are just fun to know. <laughs> They're just fun facts. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, if I did learn something from him recently, it would likely be dinosaur related. Okay. So he's 23, but he still loves dinosaurs. I, mean, I was gonna so. say I thought you said he was grown, but okay, cool. No judgment here. <laughs> And I also love dinosaurs, so he's, win, win. I'm like the only person he can share his dinosaur facts with. So. Perfect. What have I not asked you that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. You've hit on just about everything. Um, I think the only thing I would add is that if you have a chance to go somewhere, mm. go. Even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be abroad. It doesn't have to be far. Um, Even just if it's, you know, a road trip to the other side of the state, go do it, explore, discover, see new things. Mm -hmm. Um, It enriches your life in so many ways. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I, um, I live in Minnesota, but I've applied for a couple of jobs outside of Minnesota. And while I don't know if anything's going to materialize, it's still given me that moment of, oh my gosh, if I'm leaving Minnesota, what do I want to do before I've left? Yeah. And they were all like, well, I've been in North Dakota, but I've not been to South Dakota. When else am I going to come back to go to South Dakota? I should probably do that. I'm six hours from Winnipeg. Like, you need to that's go to Wall. Weekend. Yes. I've heard Wall is great. <laughs> <laughs> Wall, South Dakota. Everything the billboards said it would be. Yes. Um, um, I'm only six hours from Winnipeg. Like that's a weekend trip. Let's go. Oh yeah. Um, not I want to see the, the Northern Lights. No, not in the winter. I want to <laughs> see the Northern Lights. Like I've made this list of things. So I'm going to start accomplishing those things and be a tourist in my home. It's not my home state, but the state where I live. Yeah. Um, before I leave, if I end up leaving in the near future. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Everybody should do that. Okay. Cool. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your advice. Um, this has given me plenty of things to think about, um, especially as I think about someday having my own kids. Do I want to have them in the States or do I want to have them abroad? Um, and all the different options to... Uh, to travel both as an individual and potentially with a family someday. So thank you so much. This has been super helpful. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. As always, a big thanks for listening. I would love to hear more about what you learned from Janet, what you found valuable from her perspective, what challenged you, maybe what you disagreed with, what you're going to do differently in your life. Let me know over on Instagram. I'm at Katie Axelson. If you want to do more digital traveling, Maybe head to episode 89, where we head to New Mexico with Carrie Miller, or episode 87, where we go to Canada with Kalina. Until I see you next, my friend, know that you are loved, know that you are valuable, you are seen, you are heard, and that subscribe button is waiting for you. That is not how I intended to end that, but here we are. (laughs) We'll see you again soon. All right, bye-bye.